Yeah, Romans is really kind of a bridge, you know, it's a bridge between the narratives of the scripture and us, I would say. It's kind of taking all of that narrative, Abraham, Genesis, Abraham, David, uh, Adam even, all of this, all the way to new, the coming of the Christ, and then what does that mean for ordinary people living in this world? How are we incorporated into that? So it, it bridges that whole narrative and tells you this is what that means. This is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast. And it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, back in the saddle. Okay. I almost forgot the name of our podcast. And yeah, the, that's not a good sign. What's that thing called again? <laughs> yeah, it's been busy. Christmas happened. Christmas happened. There was a little vacation. Yeah. For me, at least. I went over to uh, Wyoming and did some, some skiing with the family yep, for a, yep. a, two days. And it was super cold. Yeah. Also sickness. <laughs> and beautiful, yeah. Yeah, that happened too. Yeah, we had some COVID happening. Yep, so, but we're still here and we're back at it. And uh, we're going to talk about Romans today. That's right. In case you missed it, we started a series on Romans. And it's, Romans is a big deal. But one of the things I've been thinking about is I'm imagining the person in their pews maybe saying, why is this important? Yeah. Why are these pastors so excited about Romans? Well, and I think if you, if you look at the scope of, of our, it's an ambitious series, right? The scope is we're going to be going through every verse of Romans. Yeah. And we're going to take our time and we're going to take about nine months. A little bit more than nine months. Yeah, that's it's right. Like, it's, like a, it's like a baby that you really <laughs> want to be born and it's just not happening because it's like you're, you're past the due date. So, we're, it's going to be a big baby. It's going to be 10 pounds, 5 ounces. Yeah. But 16 chapters. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Romans is important. And so, let's talk about why Romans is important. We're going to convince you. Okay. But before we do that. Well, yeah, so. Uh, dad joke. Haven't how, heard one. how did Rome get split into two pieces? Don't know. By a pair of Caesars. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat historically accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Most people don't care that much about history to, to know mm-hmm. if it's true or not. But it's, it's, you know, Caesars. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. So, yeah, we're talking, talking about Romans. And, yeah, Pastor John, why? Why are we spending so much time thinking through the book of Romans in particular? Well, yeah, so... Um, Romans is kind of Paul's theology. It's Paul's gospel laid out logically. It's laid out step by step. It's kind of like if, if you were to have somebody explain to you step by step, point by point, what Christianity is, why it makes sense, how it fits into everything, yeah. that'd kind of be Romans, right? Gotcha. Yeah, so Ephesians will mimic a lot of what, what we find in Romans. Yeah, Galatians has, too. And Galatians as well. And Colossians is kind of a derivative of Ephesians. Yeah. But, but Romans is kind of Paul's, um, it's kind of Paul's best product. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it, the word that comes to mind is, uh, uh, no, is it magnus opus? Magnus it's his, opus? It's his, it's his like, grandest work. Grandest work, yeah. yeah. 
it's kind of his thesis. It's, it's yeah. Paul's doctoral thesis, maybe. Um, I mean, it's, it's really going to basically be Paul saying, hey, Romans, which by the way, Paul never met the Romans before mm -hmm. he wrote it. He's sending the letter to them because he heard about their faith, about their church established in this really big cosmopolitan city, like one of the biggest cities in the world at that time, most influential. And Paul's saying, hey guys, here's my gospel. I'm gonna lay it out for you step by step. And by the way, that's another word that's important is gospel. Mm -hmm. Romans is important because Romans is really this extended commentary on the gospel. What is the gospel? Because we say the gospel, and we don't always know what that word means. We're like, well, we think it has something to do with Jesus. We know there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what is the gospel? And Paul's going to tell us uh, in great detail what the gospel is. He's also going to break down what the implications of the gospel are for basically everything. Yeah, and I liked your, uh, your opening analogy and your preaching on this this weekend. Just thinking about, you know, if someone uh, handed you a million-dollar check, right? If you were uh, the recipient of the publishing clearinghouse uh, jackpot, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you won that sweepstakes. Uh, the, the instant news is going to be elating and exciting, but then what do I do with all this money, right? Yeah. And what does it mean for me and for my kids? And, mm -hmm. and how's it going to change my diet, you know, and my, where I live and who I talk to? And yeah, uh, yeah. so there's, there's this instant good news, which, you know, the Evangelion, right? The good news, the declaration that God did something spectacular. Yeah. It's victorious. And then there's how do we live that out and how do we understand the significance of that, mm -hmm. that good news. Yeah, and, and also why do we even need the gospel? And this is important, and that's why Paul, see Paul's, Paul's got like a logic he's gonna follow. He, Paul's making a really long argument. That's why you gotta stick with the sermon series, try to not miss Sundays, mm. right? If you miss one, listen to the podcast or the live stream. Um, that's why we gave everybody those Romans journals. Uh, because Paul's making a, kind of a long argument of like, okay, the gospel's good news, but we need good news because, well, there's also bad news. And so Paul's going to take some time to kind of go through and be like, why does humanity need good news? Well, because God created us in his image for his glory. But then Paul says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, he says we've exchanged the glory of God hmm. uh, to worship created things. We've fallen into idolatry. We've fallen into sin. And so humanity, really, um, God is a fair, just judge. And if God were to give humanity what we deserve fairly, we would all be cut down. Mm -hmm. And so Romans is this beautiful argument Paul's making that God makes us right with himself, not by our works, but through what he's done in Christ. And that's the yeah. gospel. And that has huge implications for everything. Like, and for example, yeah. should we just keep sinning all we want? Sure, yeah. Because God saved us by grace and we're all sinners anyways. And Might as like, well. Yeah, but well, some people would say that, but Paul's like, uh, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, you know, this is kind of a PG podcast, maybe PG 13 sometimes, but 
You know, I remember learning about this in seminary when that question is asked, should we go on sinning so that grace may abound? Mm -hmm. And the answer that Paul gives is like the strongest negation you can have in Greek. And so I remember uh, my professor saying, uh, it's kind of like Paul saying, hell no. Yeah, no way. Like, like they're in the strongest possible terms now. In Greek, it's meganoita. That's right. It's like, may it never be. Don't even say that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, because sometimes people might connect the dots between what the gospel is and what it means for their lives, and they might connect the wrong dots. True. And so, yeah, uh, he almost like, it's like the Holy Spirit's like inspiring him or something, because <laughs> it's almost like he just, foresees so many objections and so many mm -hmm. misunderstandings and he addresses them uh, before they're a problem. So yeah. he talks about, yeah, should we go on sinning? You know, he's like, no, absolutely not. You've been purchased for yeah. the purpose of righteousness in Christ. You've been baptized with him. He goes into this whole picture of new life in Christ. He also then deals with this reality that Christians still sin. Yeah. That they're not just free and clear, but they struggle deeply. Yeah, that we're really engaged in a battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he gets into other questions like, so God made this promise to Israel and only some of the Jewish people believed, mm -hmm. himself included. Yeah. We'll talk about this on the next episode, but Paul himself was a Jew. Um, and, and so he asked a question like, has God been unfaithful to his people? Yeah, right. Uh, and these bigger questions. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's incredible now. And, and I think it's important to note too, that we're, we're just going to kind of ask people to be patient with this sermon series, not just the length of it, mm -hmm. but uh, to be patient with the fact that these sermons are not going to maybe be like other sermons that we've preached. They're not going to be so much based on a narrative. Like when we hear a story of Jesus, healing somebody or a story mm. from the Old Testament. Um, it's a little bit different than making a logical argument. And yeah. we'll do our best in preaching to bring the story in, especially when in Romans chapter four, for example, you hear about the story of Abraham. Um, or in chapter five, you hear about the story of Adam. Mm -hmm. um, but, but a lot of what Paul's doing is making statements about this is true and since this is true, this also is true, and this is not true. Um, so it's a little bit of a different flavor of a sermon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, um, it's not a storyline. We're used to kind of following Jesus in the Gospels, and there's kind of rising action. There's mm -hmm. a familiar arc. Uh, and this is more of a, a sweeping argument with yeah. the intent that at the end of it, you're fulfilled in that you understand the gospel better. Yeah. You're on board. Yeah. Yeah. And that's ultimately what our greatest hope is with this series is that on the other end of it, it'd be a beautiful thing if, if everyone in our church has just a deeper grasp of the gospel, of what it means, of why it matters, of how to articulate it, of how it impacts their everyday life. So once again, people might be saying, um, how does this impact my life, Romans? Like, it, it's not a catchy title, like how to be a better <laughs> Christian or how to live oh. your best life now. 
or you know what I mean? Or how sure. to be hashtag blessed. I mean, it's a little bit more like Romans. It's God's word. <laughs> the gospel. But the gospel. But it's incredibly practical, practical because, I mean, Paul's going to get into like what difference does the gospel make for you as a, a parent, a husband, a, a worker, an employer, an employee, citizen. a citizen yeah. with the government. What difference does the gospel make uh, with people of different uh, races or cultures or backgrounds being all together in one church? Uh, what difference does it make? Well, big difference, right? Yeah. Good. So, yeah, Romans is really kind of a bridge, you know. It's a bridge between the narratives of the scripture and us, I would say. It's kind of taking all of that narrative, mm. Abraham, mm-hmm. Genesis, Abraham, David, uh, Adam, even all of this, all the way to new, the coming of the Christ. And then what does that mean for ordinary people living in this world? How are we incorporated into that? So it, it bridges that whole narrative and tells you this is what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas you, when you read like the gospel of Mark or Luke or something like that, you're going to kind of be, you're going to be transfixed a little bit by the, the narrative. You're like, oh man, some angels showed up and they proclaimed that Jesus was risen from the dead. But Romans will really help you take that information and process it mm-hmm. and kind of bring it into real life. And that's really what doctrine does, right? Yeah, doctrine means yeah. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think that Romans does is it's kind of been in the church. It's always been kind of like a quality control Mm. book. It's kind of kept the church accountable. Hmm. And you can see in the history of the church when there have been these debates about how one is saved, how one's made right with God, how one can be assured that they have eternal life. Romans has really played that role. So for example, in the sermon, I mentioned St. Augustine who in his own confession, says he was converted as he was reading Romans. And uh, Romans chapter 13, cast off the works of darkness, you know, Mm. and um, he says that was it. Um, But, you know, Augustine uses Romans pretty extensively as he's arguing against what's called Pelagianism. Pelagianism is this guy named Pelagius who basically said, you know, if you just try hard enough, you can be saved. And Augustine's like, did you read Romans? Um, hmm. Another example would be Luther, is that Luther, Romans, Romans was the most influential book, I think, for the Reformation, next to maybe Galatians. They're maybe on the same level, but it was Luther reading Romans and thinking about Paul's argument in Romans that really was the source of his own uh, coming to a place of assurance knowing that he was yeah. a Christian. Is but this in his Romans commentary where he, his famous passage where like the light breaks through and he was transported to the gates of heaven and the yeah, gospel was laid that's, out for uh, him. Later in life, he, he reflects on that. In, um, he gives these little introductions to each book of the Bible mm-hmm. and in his uh, preface to Romans, that's what I thought. he kind of runs through and says like, um, no, I'm sorry. In his preface to Romans, he says, like, here's the argument of Romans. Here's what the words mean. Here's how to read it. If anybody in our congregation would want to read something good by Luther, read his preface to Romans. Hmm. If anybody wants to know where to find it, just talk to us. The other one that he, he writes, though, is his preface to the New Testament. And that is where he reflects on how 
he was um, wrestling with this particular passage in Romans where it says that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And Luther really struggled with that passage because the medieval understanding of that passed on to him from the church was that the righteousness of God means that he punishes sinners. Mm -hmm. And Luther couldn't get past that because he's like, how is this good news? And he found himself saying that I'm under God's punishment too. But then as Luther studied more, as he listened carefully to Paul's language and also was reading Augustine, um, he realized that the righteousness of God is not the righteousness with which God judges sinners but it's the righteousness of God with which he makes people righteous. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, and he says, it's like the wisdom of God with which God makes people wise or the love of God with which God loves people. Yeah. Um, so he really was a game changer for Luther. He said, here's a God who declares me to be righteous, not by my works, but by Christ and actually spares me from the punishment I deserve. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it said that Luther, you know, he's credited with discovering, quote unquote, discovering the gospel after it had been kind of buried, right? But I think before he discovered the gospel, he discovered the law. Just like, man, everyone's pretending, right? No one's doing the law for real. Yeah. And if you take it seriously, you should be terrified, right? He was a very terrified conscience. Yeah. And uh, always trying to do more and always failing and just locked up in that prison. And so he discovered that God's law is insurmountable. Mm -hmm. That caused him to hate God, like you said, yeah. like I can't do what you ask. But then a righteousness apart from the law is revealed. And yeah, so when he saw that, it was this was his moment of mm -hmm. clarity and grace, right? Yeah, but, and he says that that, that that faith that grabs onto, that, that receives that righteousness of God makes us not terrified people, but actually bold people, hmm. confident people. Um, and I, I, I think that's a good thing to, to, re, to talk about as people are reading Romans, and maybe this is a good point to end on, but uh, the first two and a half chapters of Romans is pretty difficult. Not so much right. difficult to read or understand, but difficult to stomach. To absorb. To absorb, meaning that Paul, you know, he's all like, hey, gospel's God's righteousness. The, the, the gospel that saves through faith, not by works. Great. So it's kind of like in Romans 1, 16 and 17, we're on this like peak and we're mm -hmm. like, everything's awesome. And there is another peak, which is Romans 3, 23, mm -hmm to 31, which is where Paul explains in more depth what the gospel is and how that gospel is centered in the death of Christ. But before we get there, we have to go down into this really deep, deep valley. And it begins in chapter one, verse 18, where Paul says, the wrath of God is being revealed against all the unrighteousness of men. And there he goes yeah. in and he's gonna, he's gonna, it's like he grabs the Gentiles by the, by the coat and he says, you guys break the law, you know, through all of your different practices and sins and idolatry. And, and the, maybe the Jewish people are in the audience saying, yeah, get them, Paul. Tell those Gentiles. Yeah. And then Paul takes his other hand 
And he grabs the Jews, of which he was a Jew, and he says, and you guys aren't any better because you have the law and you've broken it and you yeah, blaspheme God's name. you judge everybody. Yeah, and so by the end of chapter three, there's nobody that's righteous. Right. Everybody has been thrown under the proverbial bus and is yeah. accused before God. And it's at that point when God is about to judge the world and all of us would be judged that we get to this turning point of, oh, but there's another righteousness from God yeah. that's not based on the law that condemns everybody. It's based on Christ. I, you know, we, we had a chance to um, study this. We were preparing for this sermon series and we took a little bit of a retreat and we um, studied, we, we spent like an entire day reading mm -hmm. Romans and then the, actually a little bit of the next day. Uh, and I just remember like seeing the whole picture was super helpful. Uh, but then also just the ending of the of Romans is Paul just like bursting out in praise of God. Yeah. So he reveals all these incredible mysteries, how God's leveling everyone so that he can raise them up in Christ, how he's combining the Jews and the Gentiles. He's calling us to live in a new way of life, mm -hmm. combining us with the death and resurrection of Jesus. All this really amazing mysteries he's just laying bare. And then he just bursts out in praise. And I think, yeah. uh, I really get a sense that that's, you know, if you hold on and if you pay attention to this sermon series and contemplate these things deeply, mm -hmm. that's where you're going to be too, right, dear yeah. listener? It's going to be, man, God is absolutely incredible. The wisdom surpasses anything that we can imagine. Mm. And when we see his actions, we're just drawn into true heartfelt praise of who he is and what he does. Yeah. Um, so that's where, that's where we're going. That's a good point. And, and I felt that this first Sunday that we preached Romans is like the music that Jolene picked out, the hymns mm. and the songs just were so yeah. joyful and full. And, you know, I think it, a good sermon series, if we're going to really absorb scripture if we're gonna really overdose on the gospel, right? And just kind of get in there and get as much of it as we can, it should really lead us to just really worship God heartily, hmm. right? So it's a good thing. Keep doing it. It's meat, right, and salutary yeah. to worship God. So, all, all right. right, well, right on. Well, next time we're gonna talk a little bit about the man behind the letters. Yep, the man behind Romans. The man formerly known as Saul. And now known as Paul. Yep, so stay tuned. <laughs>